This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. Hey, let's go do our job, man. NFL Nation Two-A-Days. Time is here! On ESPN Radio. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Blue 58! Go! I'm Jenna Lane, covering the Bucks. With Tom Brady's retirement, all attention turns to the quarterback competition between Baker Mayfield and Kyle Trapp. If you call it a competition. The coaching staff is, though, despite Mayfield clearly having an edge at practices in June. We'll see if that changes. Coach Todd Bowles told me he wouldn't be rewarding anyone a job in shirts and shorts. And he said he's also not concerned that naming a starter in camp or the preseason versus earlier means lesser reps for the eventual winner. Reps that are very much needed with so much change. Countdown to kickoff with NFL Nation Two-A-Days on ESPN Radio. 36 days away, Aaron Goldhammer. We're getting so close to the start of the NFL season. He is Aaron Goldhammer. I'm Michelle Sullivan. Canteen Carlin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are one of those teams, Aaron, where I think the pendulum could swing either way, namely because they're in a bad division. When you look at this team, they don't look like they're going to be that good, especially because they have a lot of people returning from the team last year. And yes, they took on the division title, but it's because it was a historically bad division last year. And with questions at the quarterback position, I just don't know how entertaining or interesting the Tampa Bay Buccaneers will be this season. Well, a historically bad division lost Tom Brady, so I have a feeling it's not going to be any better. In fact, I think, so they won it at 8-9 and nine last year, and mm-hmm. everybody's, you know, kind of high on the Saints, which I, I, I don't know what that's about. Um, I actually kind of like Carolina to be the favorite in this division, but it's funny, Tampa's roster to me really feels like in-between eras. Mm-hmm. Like they have a bunch of guys from the past Super Bowl run like Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, their receiving core. And then they also have a younger group of guys that I think fit some sort of future vision that they have. Like, I think Vita Vey will be there for a long time. I think Tristan Wirfs will be there for a long time on the offensive and defensive lines. But Levante David's only got so much time left as an NFL player and is sort of at the end. I think their roster is in the midst of turnover and that's when you turn to Baker Mayfield as your quarterback for a nice 5-12 and 12 season to get you a high draft pick. They also are kind of in the in-between period with coaches, too, because they, they purged a lot of coaches from uh, their team last year, including Byron Leftwich, the offensive coordinator. So it does very much feel like they have members of that championship team still in place, but that... They're almost trying to turn the page, and it's not quite working. But again, and when you look at the division, if they yeah. like, if everything falls their way, and if you saw signs of Baker Mayfield from the positive times in Cleveland and at times with the Rams, maybe they could make some noise and make a run just because you don't know about the division. But I just don't know if we're going to see that happen. I don't know how much confidence I have in Baker Mayfield to be the guy. Yeah. And I don't have any confidence really in their coach either. I think Todd Bowles is one of those guys who is a really good defensive coordinator. And, Michelle, there's no shame in that. I'm Mm -hmm. not putting him down. I think he should make $3.5 million a year to be a defensive coordinator because he's really good at it. I don't know about Todd Bowles as a head coach in the NFL. All the defensive guys, like, you better have a good offensive coordinator if you're going to be in that job. So 
I think that they're going to come into next year in 2024, Michelle. If I had to bet, they would have a new coach and a new quarterback uh, in Tampa Bay. And as you said, sort of moved into whatever that post-Brady thing looks like. Because they, I think they got thrown off by Tom retiring, and then they started planning for that. And then Tom unretiring, mm-hmm. and then they had to shift back and try to win. So I think that you're right when you say they're caught in the middle. I think that's exactly where they stand. They need to get a direction. So Jason Light, their GM, I think described described it back best. Excuse me. He said this was part of the plan going back to 2020 when we signed Tom as in Tom Brady. That at some point we're going to have to pay our bills, and that's what they're doing. They went out, they got Tom Brady. It paid off. They won a Super Bowl. It was an incredibly successful run with Brady, and now the now the party is over, and now they're paying the bills and turning the page yes. into this new era. And that's why you don't have the capital to go out and get a, a really good quarterback to replace him, and that's why you have Baker Mayfield on a one-year, $4 million deal because it's time to pay the bills, and Baker Mayfield is an affordable option. Yeah. I think the best way to see the Bucks play well this year, if that's your team, is on YouTube. You know, go back, watch the championship <laughs> video over again. Watch the Super Bowl over again where your defensive line dominated and you kicked Patrick Mahomes' butt. Because uh, I think this is a rebuilding year. Here's the thing with Baker that I think is really interesting. I obviously have a lot of experience with yes. him. I was in Cleveland for his entire run. Just Google it. Um, I think this is sounding exactly like Baker Mayfield to me. Everyone is raving in Raven in uh, Ravens in Bucks training camp about his moxie. He leads the league in intangibles. He is a leader. He gets the defensive linemen all juiced and fired. Trust me, in your, if you're listening to this in Tampa, by the time we get to October, you're going to want a quarterback who has more tangibles and less intangibles than Baker Mayfield. He's he's come in. He's made a positive impact. People in Cleveland love him. He helped lead the Browns back to the playoffs and all of that. But I don't think he's anybody's answer at quarterback. And if I had to guess, there's a better chance that he ends up on the set of college game day in the next five years then back in a Pro Bowl or starting a playoff game. I think he'd be great on college game day. We've seen him in the commercials. He's great on TV. (laughs) He's great. Him, McAfee, Herbie, Corso, Reese. I'm into that (laughs) show. So you think it's going to be a short-lived Baker Mayfield experiment. We will see Kyle Trask, but that the long-term quarterback for the Bucs is playing on Saturdays, not Sundays. Correct. And I think the Bucks would have to agree with that. I think they got Baker to be a bridge. And I think it's actually a dangerous bridge quarterback to have. Because if you're going to win with Baker, you really have to be all in on his shtick. And I would worry a little bit that at some point here, you know, it's easy for Baker to say in the offseason, oh, I haven't been on social media for a couple years. I've really matured and I've really grown. This still sounds and feels like, you know, the same Baker Mayfield to me, which means he could definitely come out and play a couple of good games. Um, But I think against really good defense in the NFL, especially, I think it's going to be very hard for him. And I don't think he grew three inches in the offseason. And really, like, the growth he needs is three inches, not like maturity and growing up. I think I think he needs to grow up literally and not figuratively. So I think the projected win total, I think the line is set at like six and a half right now. Do you think that they'll be over it's or right under around, that? I'd run away. That right. is, they will win six 
they'll go six and eleven or seven and ten. Exactly. That sounds exactly right to me, and I would stay about as far away from that as humanly possible. And again, I think that they just they're a franchise in total transition. You know, congratulations to them. They had a really successful year, not just with Brady. They built a really good defense. They had the yeah. right receivers around him. They had a really good coach in Bruce Arians. Like all of that box checked across the board. And at some point, you have to go into doing something else. And I think for them, that's the point that they're at right now. And in this transition year, I think they'll be able to win some of those games. They might go 7-10, and 10, like you said, just because of the bad division. But I, I think Bryce Young and Derek Carr both have better quarterback you know, situations around them. And I think Tampa is going to struggle ultimately to score. I think that line is set perfectly because the division is not great. They still have enough pieces on the team, enough intriguing players, especially holdovers from that Super Bowl team, to yeah. be competitive. But ultimately, I think that, that it's right there at six or seven wins. I don't think that we're going to see them Perfect. make a push. I don't think we're going to be talking about them making the playoffs. But that's a rough spot for you to be in as an organization, too, if you're looking for your new quarterback. You're just competitive enough but not to make it intriguing, but not bad enough to be tanking for the Caleb Williams of the world. Right. So I don't think their next quarterback will be Caleb Williams. So I think their front office needs to be looking at, you know, Drake May and Sam Hartman and some of these other quarterbacks that are going to go in the first round, but maybe they're going to go like 10th or 12th when the Bucks are going to be picking and not at number one, because I don't think they're bad enough to be right there with Arizona and, you know, the worst teams that are really jockeying and positioning for the next big thing in the NFL. He's Aaron Goldhammer. I'm Michelle Smallman. You can always join in on the conversation, 888-SAY-ESPN. That's 888-729-3776. We're talking about the quarterbacks of the Bucks because Tom Brady's not there, and he left a gaping hole in that organization. Do you think the NFL is lacking in something now that TB12 is, air quotes, officially retired? You know what's funny? This is going to sound like an insult to Tom Brady, but really it's not. When LeBron retires, the NBA will miss him like crazy. Yep. You and I are old enough to remember when Jordan retired and the league was just, there was a ghost walking around the NBA for a season or two. I don't miss Tom. It, it just occurred to me, because we had the Bucks two-a-days today, wait a second, this is our first training camp without Tom Brady in 22 years? I mean, that's like a whole generation. That's a, There are football fans listening to us that don't know training camp without Tom Brady. And it's surprising to me that the NFL has just been able to replace his star power with what's going on with the Jets and Patrick Mahomes and so many other different storylines that it's not necessarily just about the top flight quarterback star in the NFL. Did, did it occur to you until we said something that this is the first time we're without Brady in 22 years? I had thought about it only because we had been talking so much about Rodgers and in thinking about Aaron Rodgers' peers over the years, I was reminded that Tom Brady was not there. But otherwise, no. I, I wasn't missing the Brady headlines. And maybe that's because he had the false start of retirement and came back, so we all kind of had already braced ourselves for, for it. Maybe it's because they had that blowout playoff loss last year, so it's not as if we thought that if he returned, he was going to be at the top of the mountain still. But... Mm -hmm. I think your point is accurate in the fact that when LeBron leaves, there will be something lacking severely in the NBA. And yes. I think it's because there's no one, uh, there's not a clear cut successor for him to pass the baton to. 
Patrick yes. Mahomes is the face of the NFL. He yes. is yes. the star that we tune into. He is appointment viewing. And Tom Brady used to be that. And because we have not only Patrick Mahomes, but young stars like Joe Burrow, Josh Allen is in that mix. You have Trevor Lawrence on the up and up. There are clear quarterbacks who have not only taken the throne from Tom Brady, but who are challenging Patrick Mahomes for the throne. So I think that the NFL really lucked out with this next generation of quarterbacks because without a Peyton Manning, without a Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers is still in the mix. But you always wonder if there's going to be a drop-off when you have a star of that caliber, one of the greatest of all time, leave. But I don't think it has at all. You know, I kind of got Brady fatigue. I felt, Michelle, like I said everything that you could possibly say about Tom Brady over the course of 22 years. Like, I I just, I didn't have anything left as an entertainer, talk show host, whatever. I did two different Tom Brady retirement specials for ESPN <laughs> Radio. I was on when he retired the first time. I was on when he retired the second time. And I was like, can we just go back and replay the one that we did last time? It's all right. the same storylines. It's all the same narrative. Yes, he's the greatest quarterback of all time. The other thing that I think happened with him is it, he didn't go out on top. He went out on an 8-9 and nine football team. And there were a few games last year where he pulled off comebacks or recaptured the magic. But it was pretty clear from the beginning of the season that he just was not the same player, that he had fallen off a cliff, which I think is part of the reason why it was easy for him to make the decision this time to retire. So it's not like we're missing prime Brady, Patriots Brady, 2013, 14, 15 Brady, let alone 2004 Tom Brady. Um, I think now we all got to close the book. We got a bunch of closure on him. That makes it feel like there isn't this hole. I also would say, do you think the NFL is really star dependent? I mean, maybe I'm just a sicko, but I'd sit there and watch the Jacksonville Jaguars face off against the Tennessee Titans on Thursday night football. Like, I just am a football junkie. So, whereas the stars in the NBA really drive viewership all the time, I'm not sure that that's the case in the NFL. I think you put two good teams on and I think people will watch regardless of who's playing quarterback or who the coaches are. But even that hypothetical matchup you just threw out there, I'm watching to see Trevor Lawrence. I'm watching to see Derrick Henry. You're watching teams and there's usually a stars on the teams. Are you going to be really pumped to watch the Houston Texans this year? Probably you know not. I, and there's I, no stars I, on that well, team. Well, I do want to see what, what C.J. Stroud is. I do want to see D'Amico Ryans go crazy on the sideline. I am interested in how Will Anderson is going to – I mean, you could say they don't have any stars. Michelle, they have the second and third pick of the draft on their team. But they're, but they're not proven. But, but and it could take were, a while. They were in college, and I'll be interested. To, now, am I locking into every Houston Texan game this year? No, but that's in part because there are other NFL games going on while they're on. Will I be interested if they pop up on the Red Zone channel and C.J. Stroud's leading the two-minute drive and I'm in the state of Ohio and watched him play every college game that C.J. Stroud ever played? Yeah, I'll be locked into that. Serve it up. The NFL does the most amazing job at keeping us interested, and I think it's because there's one game a week for your team. So you have all of these storylines to pay attention to, and there's this big crescendo 
where the the anticipation rises and you watch the game. Whereas in baseball or hockey or the NBA, there's multiple games a week. So it's just harder to pay attention and get as locked in. So I think you are more likely to watch a team like the Houston Texans, even if they're not good and they might be devoid of a clear-cut superstar because of that. Do you think it'll hit you week one? You know, you got the red zone on or... Michelle doesn't have an NFL team, which is kind of sad. They so moved sad. from St. Louis to Los no, they Angeles. Were, they were ripped. They didn't. They were. Ri- I'm sorry. They they were ripped from. They were Thank stolen you. from St. Louis to Los Thank Angeles. Um, but you know, are you going to be sitting there week one saying to yourself, "Man, I really, I'd be more into this if Tom was here." Like I just, I miss, I miss my friend Tom. It's Sunday. It's, it's four o'clock. He's supposed to be, you know, down one score, leading a drive right now. Where is he? Where are you at, Tom? So I'm as big of a Tom Brady fan as anybody because I love greatness. I love people that dedicate their lives to their craft and have success. And I will miss watching him, but I think I'm not going to notice it. And part of it's because of what we said. There's so many other great storylines and other stars in the league to pay attention to. But you know what I think it is, Aaron? Mm. He gave us the, the closure that we needed. He left New England, and he won a Super Bowl. Whatever he did after that, the book was closed for me. If he went on and won another one, great. But we have an answer of, is he going to be able to do it without Belichick? Can he do it outside of New England? And I think because of that closure, I don't think about it anymore. Had he not won and Belichick hadn't won, I would have been sad that he wasn't there, that he didn't have one more chance to go after it. To me, it's an interesting comment just on the popularity of football. That I have not seen this story written once. I have not thought about it until the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to a day at all. And I don't think Tom Brady is going to occur to me for the vast majority of the NFL season. Uh, Maybe I did get the closure or maybe it's just that football is in such a healthy place Mm -hmm. that they're not star reliant and that they know they have a very entertaining product regardless of who the star quarterbacks in the NFL are. I don't know. Some of that is just a feeling. But, you know, like I said, I guarantee you the networks, the commissioner, the vi- you, everybody is going to miss having LeBron when he's not around anymore. Because I, I went through this with Jordan once. And then you went through it with Magic and Bird. Mm-hmm. As they were handing off the baton to Jordan. I've gone through it in the NBA a couple of different times in my fandom. And I just think it's fascinating that it doesn't feel like we're in the same space with Brady. I'm not itching to hear him in the broadcast booth. And I think it's totally fine that he's fading back and spending time with his family and all that. Tiger Woods, my goodness. Like when you see Thursday at Augusta and he's not there. Different. Talk about a gaping hole. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Do you think it's because we have Patrick Mahomes who is in such a great spot to challenge Tom Brady for rings and for that GOAT title? Do you think that because we have at least one person that we can definitively look to and say he's got a shot to match this greatness? Do you think that that's part of the reason we won't miss Tom? I also think that most of America is sick of Tom. Like he's just been around for too long. Yeah, sick of the TB12, <laughs> sick of the 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 you know uh, making a movie about yourself. I I just think that America is just exhausted with this guy. Avocado ice cream, we're done. Like I I thought I, I don't even doing this segment. I'm sick of Tom Brady. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, then let's wrap it up. No more Tom Talk for the rest of the day. He's Aaron Goldhammer. I'm Michelle Smallman. And coming up next, who came out with some upgrades after the MLB trade deadline? We're going to play a game of either or. That's next. But first, Aaron has this from Indeed on Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. When you are running your own business, the last thing you need is running into problems hiring. So check out Indeed, the all-in-one hiring solution, which makes it so easy to attract, interview, and hire candidates. With tools like Instant Match, the moment you sponsor a post, you're going to instantly receive a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description. Then you can invite them to apply, schedule, and conduct interviews all through the Indeed website. Visit Indeed.com credit. Right now, you get $75 towards your first sponsored job. Terms and conditions apply. This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors... You're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. We're just weeks into this year, and the news is already nonstop. Two overseas wars, a presidential election already testing the democratic process, a former president in court. It can feel impossible to keep up with, but we can help. I'm Brad Milkey, the host of Start Here, the daily podcast from ABC News. Every morning, my team and I get you caught up on the day's news in a quick, straightforward way that's easy to understand. So kickstart your morning. Start smart with Start Here and ABC News, because staying informed shouldn't feel like a chore. Steve Cohen acted like a Mets fan. He bought like the Mets fans wanted. He made the moves that the Mets fans wanted to make. And now he's realizing that Benny from the Bronx isn't the best person to be determining what you do with your offseason. Benny from the Bronx making the decisions for the Mets. You know, it's a bad call by me. Benny from the Bronx is definitely a Yankee fan. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Of course, I'm talking about, you know, uh, Julio in Queens definitely should not be making decisions for the Mets. He's a Met fan. He's rocking his Howard Johnson jersey from the early 1990s. 
Well, he's definitely not rocking a Max Scherzer jersey, that's for sure. He's Aaron Goldhammer. I'm Michelle Smallman. It's Canteen Carlin on ESPN Radio. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. The MLB trade deadline came and went yesterday. A lot of big moves happening. Let's welcome in our producer, Eric. It's time to play a little game of either or MLB trade deadline edition. Eric, take it away. Yes, Michelle and Aaron. Uh, the way this is going to work is we're going to give you two players that were traded to certain teams that might have right. a relation to each other, may, might not. And then all I'm going to ask of you is which one do you think will have the bigger impact down the stretch in Major League Baseball? Does that make sense? Uh, good Makes with you sense. guys? All right, yeah. cool. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's do it. And we mentioned the Mets off the top there with that great rejoin made by uh, our associate producer, Ben, here. About the Mets, and they sold their two aces, Max Scherzer and Justin Verlander. So, Michelle, I'll start with you. Okay. Which will be which of the following will have a bigger impact? The Rangers acquiring Max Scherzer or the Astros reuniting with Justin Verlander? I think it's got to be the Astros and Verlander. I love that he's going back to a place where he's had so much success. He got off to a slow start this season, but he looks great as of late. A 1.49 ERA over his past seven starts. Max Scherzer not as uh, not performing as well. I actually think the Jordan Montgomery deal for the Rangers might be more impactful. So I'm going with the Astros and Justin Verlander. I think one of these players is already in the glue factory and one of them has something left. And I think Scherzer is the glue factory one. I think the Astros have a better team overall. And I don't know that there's a pitcher in baseball still at 40 years old that I would want on the mound in a big spot in 2023 more than I'd want Justin Verlander. So, Michelle, I agree with you. I think it'll unfortunately be Verlander and his cheating Astros. All right, we saw the... Mets selling. We also saw the Chicago White Sox as big sellers at this year's deadline, and they traded two of their starting pitchers to to, uh, to L.A. teams. So the Dodgers acquired Lance Lynn, and the Angels acquired Lucas Giolito. Aaron, which one will have the bigger impact? Yeah, I think it's Lance Lynn, um, mostly because I think he plays for a better team that is actually going to the playoffs. I don't think the Angels around Giolito and elsewhere really have a good enough team to compete in the long run for an American League wild card. I know they decided to hang on to Otani, and this was their sort of Otani Hail Mary to get themselves into the playoffs. I'm not buying it, and I think that Lance Lynn could have some positive impact either as a starter or even, you know, in in some relief appearances to eat some innings for the Dodgers. So I will take uh, Lance Lynn. I am actually going with the Angels and Lucas Giolito, even though I don't think they should have held on to Shohei Otani. That was the path that they wanted to go down, and they're really going for it. And adding veteran pitching, namely Lucas Giolito, is going to be the way that they find success. Love Lance Lynn, loved him in St. Louis, but he wasn't that great for the White Sox. And I know the Dodgers are hoping that it's a bit of a reclamation project and that they see the best out of him, but I don't know if that's what they're going to get. And even though... I still don't know if the Angels are going to be a force to be reckoned with, and even if they're going to make the playoffs. I know that that's the pathway they're going for, so I appreciate them going for it, not only in acquiring Giolito, but in keeping Shohei and trying to keep him long-term. All right, the Orioles have a three-game lead in the loss column ahead of the Tampa Bay Rays now in the AL East, and a lot of pitching has uh, was changing hands at the deadline. The Orioles acquired Jack Flaherty, and the Rays acquired Aaron Savali. So, Michelle, I'll start with you. Which one will have the bigger impact down the stretch? I'm going to go with the Orioles. They needed some pitching. Jack Flaherty is certainly going to be that guy that they can slot into the rotation. And they're they're a team that is in a position to go for it, really needed to add that extra arm. I think Jack Flaherty is going to be an amazing addition for the Baltimore Orioles. I'm going to say neither. I think Savali is going to get hurt because that's what he does in his career. 
And I don't think Jack Flaherty is going to be that good for the Orioles either. So is it an acceptable rule of the game that I can say I don't think either one of these guys is really going to be productive for their teams? I actually kind of didn't like either move for their respective team. Savali, though, I will give him credit for this. He has been the much better pitcher than Flaherty when he's been healthy this year. And July of 2023 was his best month of his entire career. Still, that being said, I think you'll be seeing neither one of these guys making marquee postseason starts this October. Both of, both of them who've had injury histories. If, when healthy, great, but just can't find that consistency at times. That's fair, Aaron. I'm going to put put you down with your fellow Aaron, though. I I think you kind of answered it, Aaron Savali. I know you <laughs> said you don't like either, but Savali kind of I got vibes about Savali there from you. All right, let's go on to the next one. I don't know that I have any Aaron Savali <laughs> vibes, but I'm glad that you maybe picked some up. I don't know that I was getting Yeah, I was going to allow you to say I, neither, but you know what? It's either or, and so I'm, I'm going to mark you down as Aaron Savali on that one. Uh, move, okay. <laughs> moving on to the next one here. The uh-huh. Arizona Diamondbacks acquired Paul Sewald from the Mariners. He had 21 saves this season. And the Marlins acquired David Robertson yesterday um, and did not work out well in his first appearance with his team. He blew the save last night uh, against the Phillies, but... That being said, Aaron, which one do you think will have a bigger impact down the stretch for their new yeah, team? I just think Seawald has better stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, the guy throws 200 miles an hour. Um, I think it's Seawald and I think underrated team that could make a run in the playoffs. And I'm sure this would make the commissioner thrilled because it's kind of a boring organization. But I think the Diamondbacks have a little something, something. I'll take Seawald here, Michelle. I'm taking Seawald, too. He's immediately their top reliever. They need Again, I love teams that are in a position to go for it. The Diamondbacks are four and a half games behind the Dodgers in the NL West. I love teams adding arms, preparing for the postseason. I'm with you. I think the Diamondbacks could be a team that could get hot, get in at the right time, and make some noise. And even though they're a little bit boring, I love to see teams like that find their way. And it's good to see both those teams kind of buying at the deadline after years of where they weren't really buyers whatsoever. Last one here, Carlos Santana is making his way to Milwaukee, and the Cubs acquired Jimer Candelario. They went from sellers to winning five or six straight, and they actually bought a third baseman from the Nationals in Jimer Candelario. So, Michelle, start with you here. Which one do you think will make a bigger impact down the stretch for the new teams? I'm going to go with Carlos Santana and the Brewers just because I don't think the Cubs are going to be within striking distance. I know, I believe they're four games out now. Um, Yeah, they're four games out of the lead in the NL Central. And I love how teams, guys, if they get a little hot, if they're kind of that middling team and they get hot the week before the deadline, all of a sudden they're feeling confident and they're going to hang on to their star players. And because of that extra wild card, they're going to go for it. That's what the Cubs did. They should have moved on from Cody Bellinger. They should have realized that they're not going to be that good. I I like teams that believe in themselves, but I don't really see the Cubs getting it done. So I'm going with the Brewers on this one. I mean, Santana has more playoff experience, I guess. Um, But I kind of like Candelario. He's younger, and I think he's having a better season this year. So I don't know that either one of those teams is really going somewhere. And I'm kind of rooting, even though I don't have a dog in the fight, for the uh, Reds in the National League Central. Me too. And for neither one of these players to make the playoffs. But I think (laughs) if one were to have an impact, it's more likely to be Candelario. Santana's hitting like 230-something. Boy, does he draw a lot of walks. He is a he is a, a dream for the 2023 baseball fan. But I trust Candelario more, and I would pick him here. That was either or MLB trade deadline edition. Thank you so much, Eric. Of course. Thanks for having me on. <laughs> He's Aaron Goldhammer. I'm Michelle Smallman. And coming up next, a random question. 
Is there something that you've ever found in your bag that surprised you? Because I did today. We're going to tell you what I found in there on Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. Reggie White, who's a defensive end for the Green Bay Packers, says that the firebombing of his church in Knoxville, Tennessee this week was the work of racists who may have been trying to hurt him. First there was one fire, then there was another, then there was another. It wasn't just Reggie's church that burnt down. Hundreds of churches burned in the 90s. I think we have a major problem in our country that we don't want to admit, and that has to do with racism. Was this 1996 or 1956? 30 for 30 podcast and Antscape presents Through the Flames. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. Death is the only punishment here. Now streaming, FX's Shogun. My master asks, what do you seek here? To vanquish our common enemies. Based on the global bestseller by James Clavell. War is coming. The epic saga of war, passion, and power. Let it come. FX's Shogun. Now streaming on Hulu. Michelle Smallman, he's Aaron Goldhammer. It's Canteen Carlin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and Sirius XM Channel 80. You can always reach out to us on social media. He's at HammerNation19, and I'm at M. Smallman, and you can always find ESPN Radio at ESPN Radio. Aaron, do you have a work bag, like a backpack or a tote yes. bag, something yes. that you bring to work every day? Okay, so tell me about your bag that you bring to work. So I have a North Face backpack, which I think is the exact same backpack that I had in high school. Okay. Um, it is old, uh, it is kind of gross, and it has stuff in the bottom of it that I forget is there. In mm-hmm. fact, I'm just looking in it now, and I found, you're going to laugh at me, I, I'm looking inside, and I see, I was in Toronto relatively recently, mm-hmm. and I bought ESPN NBA analyst Brian Winhurst a gift certificate to an Italian restaurant. Oh, nice. That I thought he would like. Why I bought this for him, I don't totally remember what possessed me to say, oh, I should send this to Wendy. I don't know when Wendy was going to be in Toronto next. He doesn't live there. Uh, I never sent it, and it just sat in my bag. So if anybody wants uh, 50 bucks to an Italian restaurant in Toronto, it hasn't expired yet. When is the expiration date? Could you still send it to Wendy as a gift? I still could. And maybe and maybe I will. Maybe that's what he deserves. But I don't now that the Raptors aren't that good. I don't know when Brian is planning on venturing up north of the border for a Raptors game. But I thought it was important to buy. I remember this restaurant. I remember it. Drake. It's like one of Drake's places or it's one of Drake's favorite restaurants or something. Nice. But um, yeah, I don't know. uh, I don't know why I got this. And I kind of don't know what it's still doing sitting here. It was a great use of 50 bucks. Although I think it's I got it for 50 Canadian, not 50 (laughs) American. So maybe I don't know if that's more money or less money. Yeah. What's that Um, exchange rate at right now? I have no idea. I've never been to Canada. I need to get there. Oh, Toronto's a great city. Um, what about you, Michelle? You, you've, I know you have this work bag that you've held up and showed me a few times that has all kinds of goodies in it. Yes, yeah, so this is how we arrived at this conversation. I have this massive work bag. Normally I have a backpack that I schlep around New York City, but um, I have this alternate bag. It's a big burgundy tote bag, and mm. I just throw everything in there. Aaron, my computer, various chargers, lip gloss, deodorant, you know, it's... Summer in New York City gets hot. And today I'm rustling through there to try and find my vitamins to take for the day. And I pulled out 
a full bottle of Tabasco sauce <laughs> that has maybe... Now th- that's a hot take. Oh, <laughs> indeed it is. Maybe, what would you say? Uh, a half of a half left? Like a fourth of the bottle is left in yeah, here? Like, like, yeah, like 25%. It is not the small size bottle of Tabasco. You only buy that size if you put your Tabasco on everything. And the, the irony in all of this is I'm more of a Cholula girl, but... Uh, I guess I just needed. You know what I think it is? Do you have a weird snack that you eat? Because I do. I love popcorn with hot sauce on it. And what? I think I was snacking. I think I had a bag of popcorn in there and I brought the hot sauce with me and I just kept it in there. You could put the because the popcorn is too boring in and of itself. And so you need it's got to have like a little little zest. I'm about to rock your world. Take a regular bag of microwave popcorn. OK. Dump it in a bowl. Drizzle it with olive oil, dash it with mold and sea salt, and then do a heavy douse and a heavy shake of hot sauce. It is the most amazing, amazing snack ever. Like, is it smoky? Is it like, are my lips going to be burning? So the the olive oil helps make everything cohesion on there. It gets Uh the salt to connect. Yep. It's salty. It's tangy. It's just a great snack. It's one of those things you can mindlessly eat while watching a game. It's awesome. You got to try it. And so I think that's why I have Tabasco in my bag. What I wonder is if you traveled, like if you went through TSA, would they confiscate your Tabasco? I think, (laughs) I think yes. Right. Well, what is it? Eight fluid ounces that you can get through TSA? Yeah. Or six, something like that. Maybe they've changed it now and it's eight. Well, here's good news, America. The full-size bottle of Tabasco is only five fluid ounces, so we're flying with this bad boy. Hold on. I could say that's a weapon, though. If you sprayed (laughs) it in the face of somebody, you know, that might cause... Oh, come on. You can't spray it. You'd have to violently shake... You'd have to hold them down and then violently (laughs) shake it in their eye. That's the problem with these hot sauce. You have to shake it in there. There's only drop by drop that we're getting. So you had no idea that this was there? You had no No. idea? No. No. And that tells you how many other jars of How long has it been there? It could be months, Aaron. And that tells you how many other bottles of hot sauce I have at my house that I didn't even notice that a full-size bottle of Tabasco was missing. Did you steal this Tabasco? Because I have friends. No, 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 I hate to never. tell them this. They don't buy Tabasco. They steal it from Chipotle. What? It's sitting there and they swipe it and put it into a bag or a backpack or a pocket. And all of a sudden it ends up in their refrigerator. Now, I would never do such a thing. Because Never. I am an Never. honest person. But you you bought that bottle at a local, what, food emporium? Where yeah, stopped? I think I got it at a bodega. Huh. You huh. know what I'm saying? But imagine if everyone was just taking well, Michelle, the hot sauce well from Chipotle. Just, just in case, you know, a, a, a bland food broke out somewhere. <laughs> you would be well prepared to just douse it and give it the spice that it requires. I am here in case of a food emergency. Thanks for listening to the Canty and Carlin podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, the podcast.